2: struggling with a term there. Thanks to Jay Bueller, uh, Jay Bueller on the text line for helping me out. We will ordain one more beer god on Wednesday. Ah. Note that word Kellen. Ordain. We were, so we have used the words uh, ordain and holistic on the same episode of Inside Sports and we're only half done. Does that make you the Pope of beer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that is very true. Can I be the first cardinal Pope, of beer? pope Lager the first. Sweet. <laughs> if I ever get elected Pope, God willing, um, I will make my Pope name, my papal name, I will assume the papacy under the moniker Pope Lager the first. That is my pledge to the 14 of you listening tonight. NHL Chicago and Vancouver scoreless late in the first Two minutes left in the second period. 1-1, Coyotes and Lightning. Raptors leading the Knicks by a lot. 86-57, still eight minutes left in the third quarter. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on 630. Chad, the Edmonton Oil Kings, a couple of home games this weekend to start the playoffs against Medicine Hat Saturday and Sunday. The Oil Kings go into the playoffs on an 11-game winning streak. One playoff team still to be decided we have a tiebreaker game to figure out the final spot in the BC Division and the Western Conference. It'll be between Kamloops and Kelowna. And I'm pleased to welcome the coach of the Kamloops Blazers to the show. It is Serge Lajoie. Serge, you're on with Reed. How have you been? Things are
0: good, Reed. Good to chat with you.
2: It is great to have you on the show again. Uh, we obviously talked a lot more the last, well, the previous three seasons when you were coaching the U of A Golden Bears. Did you get a chance to watch the Bears take on uh, UNB yesterday?
0: No, unfortunately I didn't, but I uh, was following it from a distance. I was uh, I was on the road coming back from Penticton where my son was playing with uh, the NAX uh, his uh, CSSHL uh, midget prep team, and uh, they won their championship there uh, uh, yesterday afternoon. So I was on the way back, but I was able to to kind of catch some highlights and whatnot. But uh, I followed the Bears all year from a distance, and it sounded like it was a very good game last night. Yeah,
2: two great programs, and Bears just couldn't quite get over the hump against UNB. And, you know, I, I, I've been lucky enough to watch the bears and cover them as a broadcaster and i get the sense sirs that the alumni involvement and passion might be as strong as any program in the country any sport i mean it's a cliche that a lot of teams use but isn't always true but i think it's true with the golden bears once a bear always a bear because i'm sure a lot of alumni were invested in that game yesterday
0: no oh, absolutely and uh I know that, uh, with my familiarity with, uh, with that team and, uh, and Ian Herbers and Stan Marple, uh, definitely, um, you know, fall, like I said, followed from a distance and they had themselves a great season as expected. And, uh, it's not an easy game to win the very last game of the season. But like you said, two great programs, the best programs in Canada and, uh, it's fitting that, uh, that it was a tight game and came right down to, Uh, to those two programs fighting for a national championship
2: all right well you're going to be fighting for a playoff spot tomorrow and rob and i were talking about this on the weekend we love that the whl does this the oil kings have been in a couple of tiebreaker games over the course of the season if two teams are tied in points they they throw out all the tiebreaking procedures that they would use for other positions and say no you're going to play one game but you guys got the home ice for this one tomorrow right
0: Absolutely, yeah. With the head to head series, we came out on top over Kelowna. So, uh, we, we get the right to, to uh, to host this game and it sounds like, by all accounts, it's going to be uh, sold out. Uh, uh they're, they've been selling tickets all day and 22 uh, plus, uh, walk up, uh, uh, purchases today so with the season ticket holders it's going to be uh, the place will be rocking tomorrow.
2: Well that's going to be fun and can you tell me what happened on Saturday Serge because I, I just read up on this but I want to get your first-hand account because were you guys not dangerously close to not even making it to this game?
0: Well up until six games ago uh, we had to make up seven points so uh, you know, we really did to earn this opportunity for a tie break. So made up the six points or seven points because uh, Kelowna was leading us right up to the very last day. Um, we were up in Prince George and uh, the Vancouver um, Giants were playing Kelowna. So Kelowna beat uh, Vancouver and uh, we were down 2-1. Uh, gave up a shorthanded goal with uh, about six seven minutes left and we tied it up then we scored a shorthanded our goal ourselves in an empty net so it came right down to the wire we were dangerously close to, to losing that game and had we lost uh, obviously uh, Kelowna would be in the playoffs so uh, a credit to our boys uh, they've definitely earned this opportunity and uh, we're really looking forward to uh, this uh, tie break it's, uh, it's like a game seven and but with the experience that our guys have earned here in the last week or so, we've been playing six or seven game sevens just to get ourselves to this position.
2: Well, you mentioned coming back from that deficit late in the year, and all the Oilers fans' ears just perked up when they heard you say that. So <laughs> now, now, you, now you made it sound easy, Serge. Everybody's going to think that the Oilers are just biding their time. But seriously, uh, I mean, there were some bumps in the road for the team along the way, for sure. What allowed the team to, I i don't know if steady it out is the right word, but sort of to, to go on this roll at the end? Because, you know, that deficit with that number of games remaining, you know, sometimes you don't get the effort you get from teams or the shot blocking might go away. But clearly your guys stayed engaged.
0: Well, and that's you know uh, again a credit to the guys that uh, we uh, we always had the, uh, the the playoffs as our objective, and it was always within our sights, and and there are there were a lot of bumps uh, along the road, a lot of ups and downs, but uh, you never can predict when a team's going to come together, and and um, you know we always say you never want to miss a day to get better. And, uh, and our young guys really have, have shown a lot of growth here in, in the second half and, and we're really relying on, on you know, quite frankly, uh for NHL purpose uh draft purposes, uh, sixteen you know, some three or three sixteen year olds at uh, up front in uh, Connor area. uh uh, Karel Sobotik and uh, Josh Piller have been uh, contributors for us. We have a young, 17-year-old defenseman in uh, Quinn Schmeman that has done great. And and in the last six games, uh, because of injuries, we have a 16-year-old Annette that uh, that has really just kind of risen to the occasion and has b- uh, bided his time and, and has been playing great for us. But you never are you never get yourself in a situation without some great leadership, and our captain uh, Jermaine Lowen has been tremendous and leadership uh, uh, in his way and uh, in providing some scoring for us. So, uh, you know, like I said, it, it just kind of comes together, you know.
2: Serge LeJoy joining us on Inside Sports, head coach of the Kamloops Blazers, one-game tiebreaker tomorrow in the Western Hockey League against the Kelowna Rockets. Serge, I'm curious about your experience this season. I mean, you you and I know each other well from your past playing and coaching experience, uh, college hockey, University of Alberta the last three years. What has this season been like for you personally? How would you compare and contrast the dub to some of the post-secondary coaching you've done?
0: Yeah, there's uh, quite an adjustment. You know that hadn't really realized uh, as much as there's an X and O's instructor involved in coaching at this level. It's a lot more about building relationships and and uh, and, and fostering fostering those relationships so you can get the most out of the players. And and uh, you've got to build your trust uh, and uh, trust with the players. And it's a two-way street that way. So that there's really that high level of buy-in in terms of them seeing exactly what needs to be done, and, and you can maximize their potential. And i maintain uh you grow as a coach when you you allow yourself to learn from your your players and i've learned a lot from this young group uh they've really pushed me to to kind of uh, expand a little bit of how i approach coaching and um again it it by no means a lot of times you get the most out of coaching when it's not an easy situation and we've developed as a as a group our culture and our our environment is growing and is getting stronger and uh, i think that it's that now fostering a good strong learning environment and growing environment has helped our younger guys really feel comfortable in terms of now being strong contributors to our success and uh, none of that is possible without the strong leadership of of our 18 19 and 20 year olds
2: yeah right on okay And, and who does the winner tomorrow get in the first round
0: we get victoria Okay. Uh, Victoria Royals are are waiting at home to see who uh, comes out victorious in this game tomorrow.
2: Okay. Well, I, again, I, I like this one game format. It's uh, probably going to make the coaches' uh, hair go gray, but uh, that's 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 part of the fun. Have you? I mean, this must be interesting for you because you coached U Sports University Cup the last three years, where it was a one game el- el- elimination, but that was the end of your playoffs. This is the one game elimination to get in, but you know what this is like as a coach to approach the game.
0: Well, absolutely. Uh, with, uh, with the Bears and uh, at Nate, uh, with Nate it was uh, you know you, you win to, to keep your season alive and you, you, you get to, to live through these you know a bunch of different game sevens and, uh, and I think that uh, the bottom line is you've got to you've got to earn your confidence through the work that you put in, and, and you've got to trust that uh, you can't be focused on the win. You've got to be focused on the process. And I mentioned to our guys that, that we've earned this opportunity and, and to enjoy it, and uh, success comes with uh, with hard work and uh, and being, you know, I guess embracing that that uh if if you trust in the process you trust each other and and, and you also trust the habits and details that you built through your practice habits uh you're going to be you know what at the end of the day uh, all you can do is is really rely on that and give your your best and put your best foot forward so our guys are excited for this uh i know i'm definitely looking forward to this is invaluable experience for for our young group um and we've been playing uh, playoff hockey for the last two weeks so uh um, our guys are are really looking for it. They're not too amped up. They're just looking forward to to taking in all this uh, this excitement that uh, uh, you know a sold out barn will, will provide us tomorrow. And and uh, there's no secrets between Kelowna and Kamloops. We know exactly what they're going to do. They know what we're going to do. And it's going to be it's going to be a really exciting game.
2: Uh, 11th meeting between the two teams this season, so you're right about that. Serge, great to catch up with you. Great run here at the end of the season. All the best tomorrow. We're going to have fun following this one.
0: Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you very much, Reet. Great to catch up with you. That is
2: Serge LeJoy checking in, head coach of the Kamloops Blazers. They play the Kelowna Rockets tomorrow in a WHL tiebreaker game. As Serge explained, the winner will play Victoria. We'll uh, talk to uh, a couple members of the Edmonton Oil Kings later on in the week. They will host Medicine Hat Saturday night and Sunday to get their first-round series started. What a finish for the Edmonton Oil Kings. What a finish for the Edmonton Oil Kings. They won their last 11 games of the season, including sweeping a home-and-home with Calgary over the weekend, and the Hitman coach by Steve Hamilton, former head coach of the Oil Kings. It is 718 Inside Sports on 630. Chad, a lot of time for you here. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can also text 63630. We'll get to that when we get back.
0: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad.
2: All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Connor McDavid, third star of the week in the NHL. He had nine points in four games. 105 points on the season for Connor McDavid. 10 games left for the Oilers. Let's be honest, they're going to have to probably win them all or win nine to have a shot at... The playoffs, they will take on St. Louis tomorrow. Then a five-game homestand starting against Columbus on Thursday. And then remember, it's a Saturday matinee against Ottawa, 2 o'clock Saturday. So uh, we've got the phone lines open, 780-496-0063. Though I was thinking, Kellen, we we could take some calls and texts and do some chat until 8 o'clock. Or mm-hmm. we could just play all of Scott in Boston's phone calls from overtime open line this year. I
0: tell you right now, even in October, I'll never. Not that this is a punishment. I mean, some people will be happy. I'm never calling Edmonton radio again until they get rid of Hitchcock. He's got nothing. Rob, yet again, he didn't use a timeout and didn't pull the goalie. Playing for his playoff life, he couldn't find one spot. Well, he had no timeout to- left. He lost uh, it when he challenged. When he challenged oh, for the goalie oh, interference. Good point. Rob, very good point. Thank very you. Very good point. Very he good he point. won't be the coach next year. And he year, won't Scott. be the coach next year. I mean, get real. You know who I'd like to see coach? Someone like uh, Tortorello. Someone with some fire. This team's got no fire. I'm just. I'm almost done, Reed. We're going to do trivia. Okay, do it I'm now. reading my notes. Do you know now. I take notes. Hold on, one quick point and then trivia.
2: <laughs> you've you've had the pleasure of speaking to Scott in Boston, Kellen. Yep. Truly, one of our most memorable callers ever to overtime open line. Well, in the six years I've been doing it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now he and he has called some in. Uh, he's called in some nights and has not wanted to go on air. Is that correct? That's correct. He uh, just, just he, wants to listen. To he those just phones. wants to stay at hold and listen. Yeah. And they're two two hours ahead in Boston, so it's often after midnight his time mm-hmm. that he's calling in. And often during, well, obviously during weekday games and that stuff. He's called a lot during the weekday, which is inc- incredible. I could imagine this on a weekend, but... Very well. passionate. Well, Saturday, I know you didn't work Saturday, Kellen. He called in on Saturday and uh, did not have much of a voice. It, it was, it would have been 1.40 a.m. Boston time on Saturday. He called in, didn't have much of a voice because he said he was at a concert and he was shouting. And uh, I do believe he may have enjoyed some beverages that can sometimes affect uh, the way you communicate. (laughs) I I mean, as animated and as, quite frankly, out there he can sound sometimes, I think he's usually sober. I don't think he was completely sober on Saturday, but a very entertaining young man. Well, I don't even know if he's a young man. It's just an over-the-phone relationship. It's a long-distance relationship. With, now, he said, you heard it there, he is not going to call in the rest of the year. He pledged that last night when he called into Patrick before we put him on. Patrick made a note for me. Okay. And then he said it several times because he does tend to repeat himself a little bit during the course of his phone call. And he, he said several times he will not call again for the rest of the year because he's, he's writing off the season. They, now he says for sure they don't have a chance at the playoffs which yeah, I've kind of known that for a while, but that's okay. Michael is is on hold. Uh, Michael, I want to give you more time than just a, a couple of minutes, so I'm going to bring you in after the 7.30 news. Uh, grab bag for the last half hour. You want to talk about where the Oilers are headed. If you care about the last 10 games, you can touch on goalie interference. That has people fired up again. Uh, do you want Hitch? Do you want someone else? What do you think about the GM situation? You can go anywhere you like. I'll go a few places as well. 780-496-0063. That is after the 7.30 news. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad.
0: Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 6.30, Chad, Inside
2: Sports. Where else would you find your podcasts? Like, the dude makes it sound like they might be lying under your bed or something. Oh, look, a podcast. Oh, it's Inside Sports. Lightning leading the Coyotes 2-1 early in the third. Start of the second period, Blackhawks up 1-0 on the Canucks. Jonathan Taves has his 31st of the season. Later, L.A. home to Winnipeg. Vegas at San Jose. Raptors in control, leading the Knicks 106-73. Eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio, 630-CHED. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Michael standing by. Hello, Michael. Hello. Hey, Michael, go ahead. Hello. Yeah, we got you, Michael. Go ahead.
1: How are you?
2: Good. How are you? Uh,
1: I'm doing a little bit better than I was doing yesterday, but I mean...
2: Are you the conspiracy guy?
1: I am a conspiracy guy.
2: Thank you for calling back, and I'm having fun with you. But uh, you're on, buddy, so go ahead.
1: All right. I don't know. I guess I was just frustrated. I mean, I do apologize for saying that the league is against the Oilers. I mean, Uh, but uh, I I was frustrated. I mean, I am frustrated with the team being an Oilers fan. I'm frustrated that... uh, I don't have a job right now. You think you can get me a job where Bob Nicholson
2: will hire me as a GM? I don't know. what uh, he's, He wants to interview a whole bunch of people. Have you ever managed a team before? Not really, no. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you don't have work right now. I hope something comes through for you soon. Don't feel bad about saying that. I mean, I was giving you a hard time last night and uh, on, on a show like this and that show. You can call in and, and uh, you don't have to be uh, rational all the time. I, I, look, I think, Michael, that what happened in the playoffs with Anaheim, most Oilers fans will never forget that. And any 50 50 call that doesn't go okay. the Oilers' way, fans are going to bring that, compare that call to what happened uh, almost two years ago. Here's my problem with goalie interference, Michael. And it's the same problem I have with some of the suspensions we've seen handed out or not handed out. It doesn't seem to me like they have a consistent standard. As, as a viewer, When I see a goalie interference call, I would like to think I can be right 90% of the time in terms of what the league is going to do. But I feel, and I'm not just talking about Oilers games, I'm talking about other games, and I'm curious what you think, I almost think it's a coin flip. And you see things that you think are obvious interference that are allowed, and then you'll see really touchy stuff that I wouldn't think has any business being interference, and then some of those are called off. So I'm wondering what you think you've seen over the last couple of seasons.
1: Um, I've, se- I've seen what you've seen. Um, actually, me and a buddy of mine, we were getting into it today. He's a Calgary fan. I'm an Edmonton fan. And we go back to the 2016 Riddick uh, McDavid conspiracy there. And he says that uh, McDavid, uh, Nick Riddick, and I say that he uh, seeks him out. So what's your thoughts
2: on that one? Okay, that was the one where Strom scored in overtime? Yes. And it was waved off? Uh, I think that should have counted, because I think a player, if he's completing the motion of an offensive attack, should be able to complete that motion. Even even if the goalie's uh, stick might be in the way. Now, if he takes out a goalie's body, I think that's different, but if I remember that call, he brushed Riddick's stick out of the way, and then Strome cleared up the rebound. I, I mean, I think they should, and, and see, this is why I was okay with the goal counting last night, Michael, because I think if yeah. they're not, sh- if, if it's close, they should err on the side of allowing the goal. Okay. Yeah,
1: I, I see where you're coming from now, so. Um, but I mean, I hope that they do that 9-1 run, and other teams uh, do lose ahead of us but I mean I want to see them make the playoffs I want to see them uh, succeed I mean it's frustrating frustrating with having so many draft picks so I mean like where are our draft picks today the only good draft pick we've had so far was Connor McDavid and what are your thoughts on that one?
2: Well, I think that they've had some good first-round picks. I mean, Dreisaitl's good, Nuge's good. I mean, maybe Nuge's year was not as, as strong for the first overall pick. Uh, I think Clefbaum and Nurse are good players. I know we get callers who don't like those players, but I still think they're good players. The Oilers have not drafted well after the first round. There's hope that maybe that is changing, given some of the players they have on the farm. But, yes, you build depth. Like, you got to hit the odd if not a home run, a double or a triple after the first round. And the Oilers have virtually never done that. I I mean, who are some of the better? uh, I I did a piece on this last year, and then actually Oilers Nation wrote a blog about what I said. But like Brandon Davidson, uh, there was a couple other guys, but like they've had no support scoring out of the first round. Now, maybe Yamamoto's going to be that, but even he's a, a first rounder. They have not drafted well, and then they've tried to fill in the holes with free agents which is a terrible way to build a team. Like, you you can. Um, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, you can sign free agents to augment your roster, but you can't rely on free agents to build yeah. your roster. You know, yeah. Russell, Sekera, Lucic, while all contributing at times, are all overpaid and are all either impossible or difficult to trade. Now, uh, going to
1: some of Shirali's trades there. Um, after the 2016 uh, playoff run, do you think he should have kept Eberly and then we had McDavid dry number one Anuj, and Nuge and Eberly number two line. How would have that been?
2: Uh, it would have been better. Eberly was an interesting figure, Michael, because I know from doing the postgame show a lot of people didn't like Jordan. I think I, I think that not just Shirelli, but McClellan and his staff soured on him after the playoff series. Um, because he didn't score. That was a risky trade because you traded a forward for a forward and you knew the forward you were getting would not score as much as Eberle. Yeah. Having said that, then trading Strom for Spooner was was even worse. But I think you make a good point. You know, Shirelli is now a villain in this city and, he, and he's despised and everything like that. But, I mean, he made some good moves that helped the team get into the playoffs. We talk a lot in in sports about dealing with failure. You also have to deal with success. And I don't think Shirelli honestly or accurately evaluated the playoff team. Because clearly, in hindsight, now I have the advantage of it, but he's the manager, so he should have known this. He needed to evaluate, I think we played over our heads and are still missing some pieces. Or maybe some guys aren't likely to, to... Repeat what they did, because basically everything he did since they made the playoffs turned out to be a bad move, and he continually downgraded the team. There's still some moves b- that he made before that that I think were fine or gambles he took that paid off. Like you know, Cassian was a gamble. The guy's not a star, but he's he's you know doing okay. Uh, but since they, the Shirelli did not deal with the success of making the playoffs very well.
1: Yeah, um, and another question is. Um, just a quick one. Um, did, did he sign uh, Lucic uh, during the offseason or during the season?
2: He was a July 1st free agency signing, 2016.
1: Oh. But uh, between him and Maroon, who would have you taken?
2: Uh, I still would have taken Lucic.
1: Compared to what Maroon did and what, well, <laughs> Lucic's been a ghost lately, but I mean,. Uh, Uh, I think I would have taken Maroon.
2: Uh, Well, remember that summer, though, they had just traded for Maroon at the end of the previous season, so he hadn't had the 27-goal season yet.
1: That is true, I guess,
2: yeah. Michael, I appreciate that you called back. Uh, Never apologize for being frustrated. And remember, I joke around a lot, so don't take anything personally. All
1: right.
2: That is Michael at 780-496-0063. Good to talk to him. Vic says four weeks ago, Edmonton was seven points out of a playoff spot. They've played 70% hockey since then, still seven points out. It's too hard to make the playoffs now. Too bad they are playing better now. That is from Vic. This texter says, I would like to see both Keith Gretzky and Ken Hitchcock continue on next year. Just my humble opinion. That's a text to 630-630. I am going to stand by what I've been saying. I do not believe Hitch will be back as coach. I think Keith Gretzky will be a candidate for the GM job. And quite frankly, I think he should be. And I know there's some of you that that don't want that to happen. Some of you are probably fine with it. Here's why I say that. Whether you like it or not, Keith Gretzky is not an old boy when it comes to the Oilers. He shares the name with a guy who played for the team and has basically a figurehead position with the franchise um but i mean he was hired by peter shirelli and i know that that alone will for some of you will will turn turn you off of keith he was brought here by peter shirelli after working with shirelli in boston he has had other jobs in the nhl i'm gonna put it to you two ways here number one i i agree that keith gretzky should not get the job because of his last name but also he shouldn't be excluded from being a candidate because of his last name either. That's also not fair. That's also not right. And here's point number two. If Keith Gretzky were an assistant general manager somewhere else, his name would be floating around as a candidate. And, and you'd probably think it was okay to talk to him. I don't know if he's going to get the job. I think he deserves to be considered and, and probably on a relatively short list simply because he's here. But I, I don't think you say, well, he's Wayne's brother, so you, you got to get him out of there. I, I don't think that's fair to him either. JT says, it's a classic Oilers fan way. Everly and Hall uh, were told to be traded, and the fans wanted them gone because of turnovers, and they don't do enough. But now that they're gone, the fans want the players back. Yes, the management was bad, but also the fans really get down on their players. That is from JT. Uh, This person writing in, Bob Nicholson confirmed tonight at Studio 99 that Keith Gretzky is a candidate. Well, yeah, they're doing uh, meetings with season ticket holders this week. Actually, uh, Rob Brown and I were at a breakfast there this morning. So, yes, I mean, I, I think he should be a candidate. Kevin said they should get rid of that stupid loser point. If you lose, you get zero points. Then it would make it a little easier for teams to catch up with playoff runs. So let me look at that. If uh, Well, it de- depends on the year, Kevin. This year, uh, I mean, the Oilers are seven points out of a playoff spot. They would be four wins out of a playoff spot if it was just by wins and losses because Arizona has 36, Edmonton has 32. I, I, there is usually someone who will who will redo the standings after every year and see how they would have changed. They usually don't change that much by the end. But I understand why you're saying that. Uh, this texture says, Hitchcock, uh, thank uh, thank both Shirelli and especially Keith Gretzky for bringing in Petrovich and Manning. Knowing he was a part of those trades is enough to say no. This texture says, I don't think people realize that a lot of the good trades and farm team builds are because of Keith Gretzky. All right. You can text 63630, the phone number 780-496-0063. We're also giving away a pair of tickets to the Oilers game on March 28th. Caller number 4, 780-496-0063. We'll be right back.
0: Listening to 630 TED Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
2: Yeah, just looking at the standings here, because somebody texted in they should get rid of the loser point in the NHL, just have wins and losses. So you you lose a game, you lose. Doesn't matter if it was an overtime or a shootout, you just get one in the loss column. So it would be a two column sport, Kellen, like the NBA and Major League Baseball. The NFL and CFL have occasional ties. Right. But here's the thing. The standings would only slightly change. Arizona would still have the second wild card. Minnesota would still be the next best team. Colorado would drop down behind Chicago and Edmonton because they have 31 wins and 12 overtime shootout losses. Edmonton and Chicago have 32 wins. So Edmonton would be one spot higher in the rankings, but they'd still be basically the same margin out of the playoffs. Right now, they're seven points out. Instead, they would be four wins out. So basically uh, basically the same thing. It, 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 I mean, there's occasionally a team that has tons of overtime and shootout losses, and that keeps them in the playoff race, even though they aren't winning as much. But uh, it doesn't happen that, that often. But, you know, fair point. We get a lot of that. I know some people would like to see the three-point system. You get three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime or shootout win, one point for an overtime or shootout loss, and zero points for a regulation loss. That actually makes the most sense because right now the NHL is saying that winning in regulation time is worth the same as winning in regulation or a shootout, but Losing has, uh, has a different value. So, I mean, really, if you're saying losing in regulation time is worse than losing in overtime or shootout, then winning in regulation time should be worth more than winning in overtime or shootout. The 3-2-1-0 point system makes the most sense. I just don't think the NHL ever is, is ever going to go to four columns for points. I don't think we as Canadian hockey fans are used to that, and I really think it would blow the minds of American hockey fans. And most decisions the NHL makes, let's face it, are done for American fans. Just look how it's paid off in places like Arizona and Florida. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. As we get you ready for the Oilers and the Blues tomorrow night. Blues have really turned it around. The Oilers had that dramatic shootout win on December 5th. St. Louis was second last in the NHL, 9-13-4. They were only ahead of the LA Kings. Even on January 21st, they weren't doing that great. They were 21-22-5. They have gone 13-5-3 since then over their last 24 games that included an 11-game winning streak. We had Colton Pareko on the show earlier. St. Albert kid patrols the blue line for the Blues. Jordan Bennington, an incredible story, a net for the Blues. He's 17-4-1 with five shutouts. And under Craig Berube, they've done pretty good. He took over from Mike Yo. On November 19th, the day before Hitch replaced McClellan, and Barube has gone 30, 18, and 5. So St. Louis has really pushed up. And I got to give Rob credit. Rob Brown, he was calling that earlier in the season that he thought the Blues were the a team most likely to, to really make a push and go on a run. So they've worked up far enough that they're third in the division. They're not even worrying about a wild card right now. Though Dallas is only two points behind. The game tomorrow is at four o'clock. Uh, pardon me, at six o'clock. The face-off show is at six thirty. Final game of the Oilers. Three game road trip where they have made played much better on the season than they have at home. Raptors just beat the Knicks 128 92, the final in that one. Five game homestand for the Oilers will start on Thursday. Uh, we gave away tickets to Fan Appreciation Night on March 28th. Who got those tickets, Calum? Congrats to Thomas. He's going to Fan Appreciation Night. Is this the weekend you leave? No. Or is that the following weekend? Uh, two weeks keep, from now. I can't keep it straight. Two, uh, two weeks from now. Because here, here's why, Calum. I'm interested in you as a human being and a colleague. Okay. But I'm not interested in WrestleMania. Okay. So that's why I can't keep yeah, it Yeah, no straight. worries. Uh, I'm out of town in April. How's that? Not March, but April. Oh, it's not until April? Yeah, April 2nd or 3rd. I fly out. April 3rd, I think. Oh, then is not till April, what, 6th, 7th? Yeah, the first Sunday in April. Oh, it's not until then. Yeah. It's a long way away. I know. It's still a long ways away. Who? What happened at the house show here on Friday? Any intel? Uh, apparently there was a really good tag team match for the Raw tag team titles between the uh, the Revival and Bobby
1: Roode and Chad Gable that a lot of people liked. Well, uh, I was talking with yeah, Kepler downstairs, Gable's, he loved it. Chad so.
2: Gable's incredible. Yeah, so there we go. I don't know a thing about Chad Gable. <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing. All right, Lightning lead the Coyotes 2-1 with uh, seven and a half minutes left in the third period. Halfway through the second period, Vancouver up 2-1 on Chicago. Granlund has scored his 10th of the season earlier. Taves got his 31st for the Blackhawks. Later, 8.30 starts. The Jets at Los Angeles and the Sharks will take on the Golden Knights. Fun show tonight. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted. You heard from Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, Serge Lajoie from the Kamloops Blazers. They have that tiebreaker game tomorrow against Kelowna, so we'll keep you updated throughout the Oilers broadcast. Don't forget the Oil Kings start on the weekend, and you also heard from St. Louis Blues defenseman Colton Pareko. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell, the studio producer of the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. I'll talk to you at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon.